All right, welcome to the first of its kind, world-changing manufacturers network. Lisa Ryan has her ears to the ground and her heart in the game. Get ongoing education and new connections right here with Lisa and the Manufacturers Network. Buckle your seat, listen, and spread the word. Here's Lisa. Hey, it's Lisa Ryan from the Manufacturers Network podcast, and I'm excited to introduce you today to our guest, Greg Crowley. Greg is currently the president of Rockford Manufacturing Group. And after many years of working with aerospace companies, he's now enjoying the challenge of running a 50-person OEM that makes robust machinery for the wire products and fasteners industries. Greg, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. So just share with us a little bit about your background. What led you to where you're at now with Rockford? So uh, Rockford Manufacturing Group is a uh, small OEM. We're 40 to 50 people, depending on business level. And I'm, uh, I've spent most of my career in aerospace, mechanical engineer, MBA education, Four years ago, I made the switch to the wire fastener industry and took an opportunity to run a small a small company. So I'm originally from Eastern Canada and I've been in the States since 1997. So what, with all of this craziness that's been going on for the past year, what is it that's working for you right now as far as your people, your processes, some of the good things that have that are going on or have happened? Yep, it's, a, it's good to focus on the good things because there's so much downside uh, these days with COVID. So on the positive, we, um, we did win a PPP loan and that helped us over the last maybe six, eight months ago. And uh, we did have our, our machinery is expensive, so people only want to buy it if they absolutely have to with, uh, with this market. So I'd say what's working well is we, uh, we had to downsize about 20%, and that, that was uh, a little painful, but did it only once. And uh, since then, we've been uh, keeping everybody in the building busy. So we didn't want to reduce more than that because when the when the market recovers, we want to be able to spool up. So we did move to a 36-hour um, work week. All the salaried people took a 10, 10% pay cut. That's helping us at least stay uh, out of the red until business picks up. The, the fact that we're keeping everybody busy is, is good. No, nobody's looking for work in the building. Right. It's so important when you have good people to just be able to keep them right now, because who knows who's going to be available when we're, when COVID is in the rearview mirror, which can't come too soon. <laughs> were you finding that your employees were able to work remote or were they coming to the facility every day or how did that work? So most people in the office worked remote when um, we're in the state of Illinois and a pretty conservative run uh, state. So when it first hit roughly March timeframe, the, the Illinois order from the governor, we did have most of the office working at home and we had a, a software tool called Splashtop. And that helped because people could just use their home computers to tie into their work ones and do pretty much everything they do here. That helped for 
maybe uh, four to six weeks. And then eventually everybody uh, came back in the building. So the, the only time somebody will be off now is if you have a positive uh, COVID test result or a spouse, they'll work from home. So right now, uh, everybody's in the building and healthy, so that's good. But we, we did have a wave of COVID hit us. Mm-hmm. No, no more than a couple people at a time, but it, it, it went through pretty much uh, the office and the shop. And so when that happened, what did you just reduce production or when you when uh, you had fewer people, how did you handle that? Yeah, good question. It did impact uh, production, but luckily not to the point where we would slow down uh, a customer's order. If it happened, it would, would have been rare. We had enough buffer in the system to with the schedules to, to keep orders uh, on track. If we lost a complete department, that, that would have been terrible, but we only lost, say, occasionally one person from one department. So it wasn't like it brought us to a halt. Uh, one other thing, it did hit a, a weld area, and we did, just to be safe, we did go outside to suppliers and do some work for us that we would normally do in-house just to protect the schedule been interesting having these different conversations as far as how people have dealt with that. I know with my husband's company, they actually schedule production based on who shows up for the day. So it's oh. it's really interesting because a year ago, you would have thought like, well, this is what we're making today. And now just that whole flexible mindset, which I've, I've really found where manufacturers have excelled of just being able to turn and figure it out. And so that's been one of the good things that have come. I think that a lot of companies found that they were much more flexible or could be much more flexible than they ever thought they could be. Yeah. And and customers are understanding. Sometimes we get hung up with a supplier issue. Of course, we'll work with that supplier and and try and do the best we can. But occasionally we'll we'll be hit by, by delays outside our control but they haven't been major. So what are some of the main things that are keeping, that are still keeping you up at night? Well, we're small. Uh, we're, uh, in terms of employees, we're not big enough to have a full-time HR person. So that role falls onto a few of us uh, in the building. So that tends to be uh, a time sink at times. And and then just uh, trying trying to be profitable or not, not so much profitable, but trying to get through each month without losing money is uh, is probably the two most stressful parts uh, at the moment. We're an infrastructure set up for roughly 50 to 60 people. So we, we normally have a, a lot more. We normally have 30% more business uh, on average than we have today. So we need to keep keep business flowing into the building at a we, we wouldn't be able to jump back to normal overnight, but uh, it'd be nice to, to see the uh, vaccine giving people confidence in their businesses to start ordering ex- capital equipment. I think that's coming. Uh, the uh, forecast experts are uh, saying that will happen this year, mostly in the second half. But uh, so, so the ramp up will be nice, gradual. So speaking of dealing with customers, are your salespeople still going into the customer shops or how has that, your method of sales changed? So we have uh, representatives all over the world. They're all reporting into the building. 
I know a lot of them have been uh, working from home, telephone, video calls. The only time customers really want to see us is when there's a new machine installed. We had one recently go to uh, Belarus and between uh, Poland and Russia. Hmm. Took a while, but we finally got somebody over there. And so when, or if there's technical uh, support issues, then, then customers are willing to have people from the company visit. But in general, our customers don't want to see this salespeople. Okay. Not, not, not coming in. And we, uh, we have a couple of customers that have come in the building recently. You know, they were do all the normal COVID things. It's uh, maybe two or three in the last six months. So normally it's one a week. Uh, so okay. it travels way down. Right, and the right. industry, uh, the trade shows we support and the industry groups, they're pretty much on hold. Big show in Dusseldorf was postponed until this last December and then they finally canceled it. So our next big trade shows in, uh, in the fall, it's been pushed out to the fall. Believe me, I've seen a lot of that. <laughs> Either the bigger yeah. events have just outright canceled. Some of them have gone online. Thankfully, the technology is getting a lot easier to use as far as being virtual events, but there's still you, you still have that education process as far as letting people know that we can do virtual and it actually gives you the opportunity to bring more people to the event that you may have been able to do if it was live. So there's give yeah. and take, but there's still yeah. certainly a lot of education going on in those lines. Mm -hmm. So from a networking standpoint, if there was any support or connection that you would like to learn from other manufacturing colleagues, what, what would that be? So yeah, networking in general, I, I'm a fan of that. Uh, I network with a few presidents of uh, companies in this area for not in the industry, just, just mostly a manpower related kind of uh, we help each other out. And then I'm part of the IFI group, which you've spoken to a couple of times. And that's great for networking within the fastener industry. And then the third one is a, a group called Vistage. It's a group of companies that I, um, I network with and, and listen to speakers like yourself. It's good to be able to just share with them and, and be able to to find out lessons learned on their side. So anything from leadership to HR issues to coaching senior staff, depending on, on the time of year, there's all, always a different need. So it, it saves time. And you know, if something works at five other companies that I've talked to, I'm sure it's gonna work here. So right. I, I like to do that kind of thing. Well, and that's the nice thing about Vistage and some of these other groups. When you're looking outside of the industry, instead of always focusing in-house, we sometimes have those blinders on that. I'm sure that from your Vistage peers, you've probably learned a lot from industries that are completely different from yours that <laughs> can work mm -hmm. equally well. And a lot of it is transferable. It, it's one thing I realized up front was our strategy or de developing a strategy. I, I kind of hit multiple cultures in the building when I first got here. And so when that happened, I knew I, I better work on the culture first. Networking help, I ended up selecting a program that worked well for us. We're still using it. And uh, it takes time to change culture, as, as you know. So we're on the right track there. So that's just one, one example of finding a suitable tool for us. 
And if if people wanted to reach out and connect with you and maybe gain some of your insight, what are areas where you can be supportive of other manufacturing and industry colleagues? Well, the on the technical side, I'd say we're uh, on the wire equipment, wire processing. Our machines either straighten and cut wire for dishwasher racks, uh, concrete industry, automotive, uh, dog cages, all kinds of different needs for uh, wire. And then the uh, fastener side is uh, the people that make nuts and bolts are drying machines that are used in front of headers, a lot of headers uh, in, in the Cleveland area. Anything technical, I, we've got a strong engineering team. I could answer questions, help out that way. Any Anything general, I'd be happy to help with anybody who's got a, a company that has roughly 50 employees that uh, has a question. I'd be happy to share my view and I'd love to be able to ask other companies questions too. So, Well, what's yeah. the best way for people to get a hold of you? I'd say email would be a good uh, first way to, to just introduce and then set up a time for a phone call or a video call. So I okay. could... Do you want me to say my email or you, oh, you put you it want. in? The... Yeah, I'll also be putting it in the, the show notes so we can okay. certainly do that. Yeah, good. Well, Greg, it's been an absolute pleasure having a conversation with you today. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, thank you for uh, letting me take part. I look and, forward to seeing others. Yep, this is Lisa Ryan and this is the Manufacturers Network. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Hey, do me a favor. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Also, feel free to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can grow the network and connect more fantastic folks just like you. You can either go to the website at manufacturers-network.com or share the podcast on your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you and your industry friends hang out. The bigger and faster we grow this network, the stronger and deeper community we will have. I appreciate you. Thank you.